he can get into a PA system. But that's all right. We're not going to let him get the victory. Amen. Uh, it's good to see you. Good to be here. If you got your uh, Bibles this morning, if you could just turn over to Genesis chapter number 13. <clears throat> the book of Genesis chapter uh, number 13. <clears throat> Got a lot of uh, a lot of new stuff that we're working on. I'm excited uh, about what God's already done, but what He's doing. Got some folks that's going to be getting baptized soon. Uh, we got some folks that are going to be joining the church soon. Um, we got a new program to run our computer screens and new cameras on the way so that we can better uh, better broadcast. So we're excited uh, about the, the move of God. And uh, we hope that uh, you are excited as well. Uh, So in our Bibles this morning, Genesis chapter number 13. You got your spot, say amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, ask him to bless this word, and uh, then we'll get into the message. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we humble ourselves in your presence this morning. want to just thank you, to worship you this morning, and praise you for your goodness God, I I thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. I thank you, Lord, that in times, uh, whether they be good times or bad times, Lord, I can depend on your word, stand on it, know the promises, God, are there. And, Father, know that it will happen according to your word. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, whatever needs need to be met today, I pray your spirit would address them. God, I pray that we would be obedient uh, and, uh, Lord, let you have your way today with our lives, our hearts, and our ministry. Lord, we love you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So this morning, I wanted to start off with a uh, sort of an illustration or a question, rather, how many of you have ever watched uh, or seen or heard of the TV show Deal or No Deal? One or two or three or four, okay. Uh, Deal or No Deal. I don't even know if it's still on or not, but I remembered it. And as I was studying this, it come across my mind uh, of how that game show operated. Basically, contestants, uh, they had 26 briefcases to choose from all of them containing different amounts of money. Uh, It could be one cent. It could be a million dollars. But during that game, the player is offered different cash offers on the briefcase. They could buy it, if you will, a man behind a screen. I remember that. They would offer them a sum amount of money for their briefcase according on what briefcases had already been opened. So in other words, you had to make the best decision on what you knew at the moment. And uh, some, of course, you wanted to make the best decision because that gave you the best profits. Um, Some contestants made right choices. They went home with major profits. Some contestants during their time of greed, wanted more and more and more. And they made wrong choices. And they did not leave with much. But you know, how you decide something matters. As a matter of fact, how you come to the conclusion of things 
it matters because your reward will depend on the decisions that you make. Not only in deal or no deal, but this is life. Life is not a game show. We know that. But every day, you and I are faced with all kinds of choices. Some choices are really big, some are really small. Some choices we may feel like have no uh, real big consequences, but let me say that there is a consequence to every decision that you make. It's either a positive one or a negative one. You see, you can choose to eat McDonald's three meals a day, but I promise you, your health will decline. You can choose to use tobacco products, and I promise you, there will come a time in your life where you'd wish you had not used those. Amen, preacher. Amen, preacher. I know, uh, I know I'm not preaching against uh, if you smoke today, I'm not making pointing at you. If you chew tobacco, I'm not pointing at you, but I'm just telling you the choice that you make right now, it will have a definite impact in your life years later. Uh, amen. My, my, my grandma dipped snuff all her life. She had mouth cancer. That, that, that happens. Okay. The choices that you make spiritually, physically, they can lead to a marvelous blessings in our life or they can lead to some painful experiences later in life we can make decisions that will put us in the will of god we can make decisions that will push us further away from god we can make decisions that are good for our families we can make decisions that are bad for our families we can make decisions that seem to be good for us and bad for our wives. How many even know a happy life is a happy wife? Amen. We can make decisions that's bad for them and good for us and make our lives miserable. We can make decisions that are good for her, bad for us, make our lives miserable. We can make decisions that are good for our kids, bad for us. We can make decisions bad for us, good for our kids. We can make all these decisions, but every one of them sometime is going to have a consequence that pops up. And today, as we continue studying about Father Abraham, the father of faith, the friend of God, he's called, what we find here is that he and his nephew Lot, they're going to have to make some decisions. And because of Abraham's faith, I believe that we'll find out that Abraham makes a lot better decisions than Lot makes because of his growth in Jesus, because of his faith in the Father. Let me say this and get this out of the way this morning. Worldly decisions will only produce worldly results. You cannot make worldly decisions and expect God to bless it. I'm not going to get no help this morning, but I am going to cut loose here in a minute. You cannot make decisions that are pleasing to the flesh and expect God to bless them. 
You cannot, you cannot do, you cannot live in the world and expect God to usher you in uh, to the thrones of glory while you live like hell itself. You cannot expect that. Now, worldly decisions will always produce worldly results. You can sow seeds to the world or you can sow seeds of faith this morning. You can choose. You've got a choice. You've got a decision. So this morning our story begins in chapter number 13. Verse number 5 is where I'm going to begin reading. Let's get into the Word and see what God has for us. Verse number 5. The Bible says, Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and he had herds and he had tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Pezzarites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, between my husband and your husband, for we, we're brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and he saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Notice, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zorah. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent as far as Sodom. But notice verse 13. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked. They were sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. I'm going to stop right there this morning. I want you to notice that we have in this text some very complicated things. First of all, we have two believers. Oh, yes. Uh, Lot is counted just as righteous as Abram is. You see, I struggled with that because I know the future of Lot. But if you go to 2 Peter, it tells us that Lot is a righteous man. Yeah, I struggled with that, I struggled with that, but this is what we've got. We have got two believers right here. We've got two decisions that's got to be made. We've got two different attitudes about the decisions and we've got two different outcomes that's going to take place. So let's get in deep in this word this morning. Up until this point, you've not heard a lot about Lot. We know uh, from earlier that his father had died. And we know that uh, Abram kind of took him under as a surrogate father. That was the way things worked back then. Abraham just took him under his wing in his father's absence. So when Abram went to Egypt, Lot was with him. And when Abram 
prospered in Egypt, guess who prospered too? Lot did. You see, sometimes it's not about what you know, it's who you know. So Lot benefited from just being a part of Abram's life in Egypt. And so far, Lot has just been a tag alone. He's been a great help. He's not caused any problems in the life of Abram. But things are getting ready to change. You see, the Bible says in verse 6 and 7 that, uh, boy, the land was not able to support them all. So we often like to think that prosperity and blessings are easy. You see, we like to talk about prosperity. We like to think about being blessed by God. And we often think that, uh, boy, when God's blessing you, that things are easy. But I want to tell you this morning that the blessings of God can be challenging. The blessings of God can be very challenging when you don't know how to handle the blessings of God. Sometimes your stuff, I love that word, your stuff, because that applies to everybody. Sometimes your stuff is really what the problem is. So it's not that God's not blessing you. It's not that God's not wanting to bless. Sometimes it's just your stuff you've already got. Because here's the problem today. Right here in the text, uh, we find that Abram and Lot, they've got too much stuff. They got all these hurt. God has blessed them mightily. And boy, we, we, we like the blessings of God. But boy, there is a challenge with the blessings of God. They had expanding flocks. When God blessed them, the herds required more food and water. You ever thought about that? They had more mouths to feed. They had more water to give. But not only that, if you remember, the land had just come out of famine. So the land is not back to its full throttle yet. The land is still struggling to produce a little bit. Put all that together and you have the Canaanites and the Pezzarites. Both of those tribes are still in the land. What I'm trying to tell you today, the writer tells us all of this because he wants us to know that all of these elements put together, it is brewing for a family fight. Everything going on is brewing because God has blessed Lot, God has blessed Abram, God has given them this land, but now all of a sudden there's Canaanites, there's Pezzarites, there's all these flocks, there's all this stuff, and there's not enough provision for it all. And we'll notice that it's the servants that begin to fuss. Let me go ahead and veer off for just a minute. I'll get back in. Let me veer off. Can I veer off? You better be careful who you run around with. You better be careful who you hang with. Uh, you listen to me. You better be careful who you walk the halls with. You better be careful who you go to the club with. You better be careful who you run around with because sometimes it is the people that you're running with that's going to get you in a mess. And you listen to this preacher this morning. Lot and Abram wasn't fussing, but the herdsmen was. They began to... I can see it now because this is the way it always happens Lot, man, you need to do something about it. Look at all these, they taking all the good stuff, Lot. I can see Ab Abram, you need to do something about it. They, Lot and them taking all the good stuff. I, our cows ain't got nothing to eat. That's the way it always starts. Be careful who you run with. Be careful. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and say this. 
if they caused me to veer my mind towards sin, I'd go ahead and dismiss myself from their presence. If hanging with them caused me to think different than I would standing right here, I would go ahead. I'm not saying I would shun them. I'm not saying I would not love them. I'm not saying I would not pray for them. I'm not saying I would not talk to them. But I would not be hanging at the mall with them. Amen, Amen, preacher. So we got all this stuff going on. All this conflict's coming down. Now the Bible doesn't tell us what the conflict exactly is, but it does say strife, okay? It does say strife. Now, some translations say strife. Mine says strife. Living translation calls it a dispute. Uh, Other translations call it something different, but what it gets down to is this. There was some fighting going on. Now, 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 picture in your mind with me because you've got to get a good glimpse of this. Here we have, we have two saved people. We got two saved people. We got one major problem. Two saved people, one major problem. So we go to Abram first. What is he going to do about this problem? Now I want you to take, think, think about this because this relates to your life. Look how Abram decides to handle things. Now, he could have done some things that many of us do, he could have ignored it. He could have swept it under the rug. He could have acted like it did not exist. He could have hid from the problem. He could have ignored the elephant in the room. But let me say this to you this morning. Just because you pretend there is not a problem does not mean there's not a problem. Just because you try to hide from a problem does not mean that the problem's not going to be there. And just because you leave a problem somewhere does not mean you're, it's not going to pick it back up when you wake up in the morning. There's going to be problems when you don't deal with them. There's going to be pro- Let me say this from a heart of love this morning. Sometimes don't take meekness for weakness. Sometimes don't take meekness for weakness. <laughs> Sometimes, somebody better hear me this morning. Don't take somebody being meek as somebody being weak. Just because you think you got over on them, don't think they don't know. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. Just because you feel like, hey, I got to show up. Don't think, don't think. They don't know. Don't, 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 don't take meekness for weakness. Let's look back at our text this morning. Abram could have decided to ignore the problem, but he knew the problem would exist if he did not handle it. Another thing that he could have done, he could have played the you owe me card. Anybody know anything about the you owe me card? Has anybody ever pulled the you owe me card? Yeah, go ahead and raise your hand. Everybody in this room, or the hands ought to be at the ceiling. Because there's been some time in your life that somebody said, well, don't you remember? Boy, Lord Jesus, don't get me. Don't you remember that one time? That's why, boy, you got to be very careful uh, who you let do anything for you because some people will throw that back in your face. Preacher, don't you remember that time I picked up your dry cleaning? Hey, don't throw that in my... You volunteered. 
Don't you remember that time I swept the floor in the church? Don't you remember that time I don't you go there? He could have thrown the you owe me card in there. But he didn't do that. He could have said, Lot, you my nephew and all, and it's been good. <laughs> but listen here, Lot. All this is mine. God promised it to me. You just a tag along. He, 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 could, he could have said, God, look at here. The flocks, the only reason you got anything you got is because you was tagging with me and you picked it up in Egypt too. So it really ain't yours, it's mine. He could have pulled that card on him. He even could have said nicely, Lot, you're just going to have to leave. He may have even had the right to do that. But it's not what he done. Look at verse number eight. The Bible says this, watch this. So Abram said, Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. We're brothers. We are brothers. Lot, get your herdsmen under control. I'll get my herdsmen under control. But me and you brothers, there ought not be no strife going on between us. Notice this. Abram chose his words carefully. He made sure that he was meek in his response. He made sure that he affirmed his love for Lot. He acknowledged that there was growing conflict. He said, look at here, Lot, I understand that there is some conflict that's going on. I understand uh, that there's problems going on in the land. And I understand uh, that maybe uh, we're not able to support all the blessings we've got together. Maybe we do got to separate, but understand this. Uh, we need to do this peacefully. We don't need to fuss. We don't need to fight because we are brethren. He chose his work. Wisely. And notice what he done. He showed Lot how important the relationship was when he said we're brethren. He wanted Lot to know that no matter what, Lot, we're brethren. We shouldn't be acting like this. Abram didn't pull rank. He didn't treat Lot as he was unequal. He was not selfish, but he let Lot choose his own fate. This shows Abram's growing, maturing in Jesus Christ. This is equal today to the believer that is maturing in Christ. In giving Lot the choice of the land... What Abraham is saying is very simple. He's saying this, I trust God regardless of what happens. Lot, I want you to know that regardless of where you go, and regardless of what you do, regardless of what portion of land you decide on, you can take the best of the best, but I still trust God. I still know that God's going to provide for me. I still know God's going to help me. I still know God's going to guide me. Can I say this this morning? I would rather have the blessings of God guiding me than every piece of land in this county. 
I'd rather have God. And that's exactly what Abram does here. He says, I'd rather have God. I trust Him. Lot, you make a decision on what you're going to do, but I trust God. He said, the choice is yours. Let me say this this morning. The choices that we make reveal what we value and who we trust. Let me say that again for the side that didn't hear it. The choices that we make reveal who we value and who we trust. Let me say it this way. Suppose you've got a beach trip planned. Just suppose this. Now, I don't know if you do or not, so if you get, don't, don't get mad at the preacher. Suppose you've got a beach trip planned. Suppose revival breaks out today. Now, you're supposed to leave tomorrow. But suppose revival breaks out today and people are getting saved left and right. People are falling out in the spirit of God. People are speaking in tongues, things we've never seen before. All sorts of stuff taking place. God is on the move. And so I say, we having revival. We starting revival Revival has started. We're going to meet here tomorrow. We're going to meet all week because God's doing a major thing. But you say, preacher, I got to go to the beach tomorrow. I mean, I'm just, I am I got reservations. I got plans. I got to go to the beach. But 25 people just got saved. Miss Betty back there hadn't said a word in two years. She just spoke in tongues. Sisters, yay, yay, she interpreted it on the front row. She ain't spoken 25 years either. Miss Susie was swinging from the chandelier. Daryl made two laps around the building. God is moving in a powerful way. But you tell me, you got to go to the beach tomorrow? Your decisions, it shows what you really value and who you really trust. Now, I know that's not popular preaching, but that's truth. That's truth. Because let me tell you this, revival like that breaks out, you can keep, matter of fact, you can have my reservation. I'm going in a few weeks, but if a revival like that breaks out, you can have my reservations. You can go. Because I guarantee you, I want to be where the presence of God is. If people are getting saved and baptized, uh, and all of a sudden people are, uh, uh, I want to be in a part of that. Here's a perfect example. We can talk about each other and pick each other apart all day long. Abram and Lot could have picked each other apart. Or we can focus on the areas where we fail God each day and we can help our brother not fail God that day. We all need improvement in some area or another, amen? So we, we, we can make a decision to encourage one another in the good qualities they have, or we can make a decision to stomp on one another in the bad qualities they have. Abram could have stomped Lot, Lot could have stomped Abram. They both made mistakes. But Abram, he gave up his choice for the sake of harmony. 
because he trusted God. He trusted God. Now, I can't help but to believe that, that he felt the freedom to make these kinds of decisions because he knew God would provide for him regardless of the outcome. Because if you know the story and you've been here all these services we've preached on, this is the fifth one, you'll know that Abram, when he starts out, God just says, hey, buddy, I want you to leave everything you've got behind. I want you to get up. I want you to go. I'm going to show you where to go. I ain't going to tell you where to go yet, but you go ahead and put your boots on and start walking and we'll meet on the way. And you know that Abram struggled a little bit, but when he finally got his act together, he began to trust God. I can't help but to believe that he knew regardless of what took place, God was going to provide for him. Let me go ahead and tell you, child of God, I don't care regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. If you want to trust God and hold on to God's hand, I promise you this, he'll provide for you. I don't care what the bills look like. I don't care what the bank account looks like. I don't care what the doctor says you trust Jesus he will provide for you he trusted him but now let's go to Lot Lot's choices and decisions and his process is totally different Abram focused on Lot the love the relationship the mercy, the grace, the compassion for Lot. Lot focuses on himself. Let me say this again. They're both believers. You can be a compassionate believer or you can be a selfish believer. I know those two don't go together. I struggled with it. Believe me, I struggled with it. But I can't argue with Second Peter. I can't argue with it. He, he says that Lot was righteous. I can't help it. So watch this now. Look at verse 10. Lot lifted his eyes and he saw the plain of Jordan and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zorah. In verse number 11, then Lot chose for himself. Lot's selection is for the most fertile territory and it reveals his character. Lot could have said, Abram, you've been good to me. I will split the fertile land with you. Now, that would be, I think that would be a, a good thing to do. Abram, you've been gracious to me. You took me in when nobody else would. I didn't have two wooden nickels to rub together. But all of a sudden, you swooped me in. And now, because of what you did, look what I've got. Some of us need to look at the cross and say, C -c -c look at what you did, look what I got. I thought I'd slide that on in there. Because some of us walking around like we done something, we ain't done nothing. But the cross done it all. He could have said, look what, let's split it. 
But that ain't what Lot does. He chooses for himself the best of the best. Sadly, greed over gratitude. And the truth be told, many believers today are more like Lot than they are Abraham. How often do we go without so somebody else can have? How often do we put off what we want to do in order to do something for somebody else? Now, I know I'm preaching this morning and I know it's tough. I know it's rough. But these are some internal questions you need to ask yourself because you are called to be the light of the world. How often do we put off what we want to do in order to do something for somebody else? I mean, if you want to get bone serious about it, we have groups for men in this place, but not all the men come. We do it every third Saturday. The preacher gets up extra early and cooks breakfast for everybody, but not everybody come. Now, I ain't mad at you. Some of you work, some of you got things. I ain't mad at you. I'm just telling you, we have men groups, but not all men come. Watch this. We have women groups. But not all women come. We pick up snacks. We decorate. We have little cakes. We have little things. We do all the things that we can do. But not all the women come. We need groups for teenagers. We need uh, groups uh, for other age groups. But nobody has signed up to do that job. Okay, preacher, move on. I'm going to. But what I want you to understand is this. If it was something that we really wanted to do, we'd be the first ones in line. Go, I'm, glad, I'm glad we got some honest folk. Hallelujah. If it's what we really want to do, we sign up. I guarantee you this. If I said we was going tubing down the Green River and church paying for it, Look at that, hands go, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, preacher. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there on Saturday. I promise you, hallelujah. I know this is, I know this is tough this morning, church, but you need to hear it because it's truth. It's truth. The writer describes the land that Lot chose like this. It was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Zorah. In other words, it reminded him of the blessings that he received when he was back over in Egypt. Remember, Egypt is a type of the world. Egypt is a type of the world. He, he, he remembered what it was like when he was getting blessed by God in the foreign land of Egypt. And that's where Ch- Lot chose the land. But the writer wants to remind us of something as well. He says, but all of that was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So in other words, there's consequences coming. Listen to me. You made a decision last night that probably wasn't a good decision. There's consequences coming. You made a decision Friday night that you probably shouldn't have made. There's consequences coming. 
You made a decision last week that maybe you shouldn't. There's consequences that are coming. Preacher, that's ugly. Preacher, no, that's truthful preaching. Because the decisions you make always come with a consequence. It can be a good, it can be bad, but there's a consequence coming. Oh, preacher, but the grace of God, I understand the grace of God. God will forgive you. God has already forgiven you. If you've repented of it, God's already forgiven you. But there's still a consequence for the decision. My daughter makes a bad decision. I forgive her immediately because she's my daughter. That does not mean she doesn't get a spanking. Somebody say amen right there. It doesn't mean she doesn't get a spanking. There's still a spanking that comes. And the whole time I'm going, I love you. And I never understood this hurts me more than it hurts you. But it does. It does. I thought when when I was told that as a kid, I thought, you crazy. How how in the world does that hurt you? What, hurt your arm? I mean, but I understand it now. It does hurt. He reminds us that something's coming because the land that he chose was wicked, wicked, wicked. All this foreshadows a lot of trouble that's coming down the line. Now watch this. How can I apply this to my life? I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you. Abraham and Lot represents two different perspectives Two different decisions, two different attitudes toward the decisions, and the outcomes are totally different. So first of all, when you're making decisions, I want you to listen to me. Do not be blinded by the positive benefits. Do not be blinded by the good you see. The positive is always obvious. The positive is always immediate. The positive is always the first thing you see. The positive is always the first thing that lures you. And let me be clear, Satan is not stupid. Satan is not dumb. He's not been doing what he's been doing all these years because he's no good at it. Matter of fact, he's very good at it. He's very, he knows what, he knows what lure you like best. He knows what color you like best. He knows what you, what you love. He knows what you desire. He knows these things and he knows how to throw it and jig it. He knows how to get your attention and he will always put what is shiny, what is positive, what looks good on the outside. He'll always put that in front of you because he knows this. If he can get you and get your eyes on it, he can get inside of your mind. He can plant seeds of doubt. He can plant seeds of destruction. He can plant them if he can get you looking at it. You better watch out. We're looking at all the positive benefits of stuff. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to be positive. I think we all have to be positive. I'd rather be positive than negative, but I've got to look at it, the whole thing, the whole pie when I make a decision. You ever seen, well, yeah, I know you have. You watch TV, you've seen commercials. And this is one of my favorite go-tos because it's so true. Every alcohol commercial, every one of them, they always have a model 
in a bikini holding that thing. And then they've always got a male model holding one. Both of them half naked. Let me tell you why. Because that gets your attention. But I guarantee you this. Ten years of drinking them things, you don't look like neither one. The devil knows that if he can make sin look positive and all you see is the positive, you'll jump right in it. Lot looked at the land and boy, it looked, it looked positive because everything was green. Everything was well watered. But it was set up right beside Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible said they was wicked. They was wicked. And Lot got just as close as he could and pitched his tent toward it. I'm in a well-watered place looking at all the beauty. But what he don't know, the devil is creeping in his family. Before you make a decision, look at the whole piece of the pie. Don't be blinded by the good things you see. Sort of like a... (laughs) If I was a salesman... And I'm trying to sell you. Do you think I would show you the bad things? That's why you got to have a home inspector before you buy a home. Because people will lie to you. You better get an inspection done. Because you'd like to get in there and the whole foundation be sinking. And you not know it because on the outside it looks good. Let me tell you what happens. When your walls start cracking, you can spackle that thing. And it'll be all right for a few months. Maybe even a year, but the problem's still underneath. It's going to crack again. That's why you got to look here. You better not be blinded by beauty. You better not be blinded by beauty. Don't be blinded by the positives when you're making a decision, church. Watch this. Number two. Don't underestimate the impact of negative consequences. Don't underestimate the negative impact. I think about a rat, a trap, and cheese when I think of that. Because that mouse thinks that he can get in there and get that cheese before that big metal bar comes crashing down on his neck. Don't be blinded by the positive, but do not underestimate the impact of the negative. Because nine times out of ten, it breaks his neck. It ain't just a little pop and it, okay, it's better now. Nine, nine times out of ten, it's what breaks his neck. It's what kills him. If you think about this this morning, church, some of the bad decisions we've made in our lives, I say in our lives because there is no rainbow and butterfly over here. I've made tons of them. 
How many times do we discover that the positive benefits were not as good as we thought they were going to be and the negative was a whole lot worse than we thought it was going to be? I thought it was going to be a whole lot better than it was. And I did not think the consequences was going to be as bad as they was. If you don't believe me, you talk to somebody who's ever been addicted to heroin, they'll tell you real quick. The positive wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be. And the negative was a whole lot worse when they was trying to get off that stuff. Don't underestimate the negative impact. Don't underestimate it. Don't be blinded by the positive. It's always easy for us to downplay the negative. It's always easy for us to downplay it. But let me tell you, there is an impact. Lot saw how green the valley was. Lot saw how the water flowed. Lot saw all the beauty. He even knew that Sodom was a place of evil, but he downplayed the impact that it was going to have on him and his family. He thought possibly, if I can just stay on the outside, if I can just stay on the good ground, if I can get close to it, maybe I won't fall in it. But look at here, his family falls into Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't want it to happen. And none of us want it to happen. But boy... Sometimes we look at the positive things. We don't look at the negative aspects of it. We get as close as we can. We end up falling in it. That's exactly what happens. Later in a few weeks, we'll see how Lot loses his family because of his decision that he made today. I got a question for you. How many of us are going to lose our families because of the decisions we make today? How many families have been lost because of the decisions we made yesterday? Thirdly, and I'll, one more and I'll hush, I promise. We must seek advice from the Lord and from other godly individuals. When you're making a decision, seek advice from God first. Seek advice from somebody else that's godly. You'll find over and over and over and over, Abram built altars. <laughs> you won't find Lot building not one. That altar was a place of worship for Abram. That altar was a place of remembrance. That altar was a place where he can get in touch with God. Over and over and over, he builds these altars. But Lot just on the fly makes the decision. Let me tell you, there's sometimes you've got to make decisions on the fly. I understand that. But if you can, you need to sit back and talk to Jesus about it first. You need to sit back and get counsel first. Why do we skip this step the most, though? We skip it many times because... And I'm going to say this. 
We skip it a lot of times because we really don't want the answer that we know we're going to get. We know the answer is going to be no. Let me say this. It's better to ask for forgiveness or better to say I'm sorry. Whatever the old saying is, it does not work. It gets you in a mess. It's better to ask for, I'm say I'm sorry than ask for permission or something like that. That's what the kids say. That is wrong. That is wrong. It is wrong. Sometimes we need to sit down and talk to somebody who knows the situation a little better than us before we make a decision. How many people have left churches because of things they did not even understand what was going on? How many ministries have been destroyed because of this very thing right here? Sister Yeye gets in Sister Yaya's ear. Seek advice. Number four, and I'm done. We must always ask the question, will this decision enhance my relationship with God or will it take me further away from God? If our decision is likely to compromise our walk with God, then it's a bad decision. (laughs) Regardless of all the positive things that you painted up to be. I said this Wednesday, I'm going to say it again. You can take a pig, you can put a dress on it, you can put makeup on it, you can dress it up as nice as you want. At the end of the day, it's still a pig. You can take decisions that are bad. You can dress them up, make them look as good as you want to make them. If it is going to take you away from your walk with Jesus, it's a bad, bad, bad decision. Let me say this. There is something more important than advancing in your career. There is something more important than making more money. There is something more important than finding a new romance. There is something more important than attending a better school. There is something more important than having the best of this. There's something more important than having the best of that. There is something more important than finding a mate. Let me tell you this. If you'll trust God and put Him first, He's promised us He'll provide everything you need. You looking for a mate? I'm telling you, the best place to find it is in the house of God. Don't be looking down there at at Shady's somewhere. You find something at Shady's, but it won't be the man of your dreams. I promise you that. It won't be the woman of your dreams. You find it down here at Red's Barger. It's not going to happen. Well, I'm just so lonely. I'm so... might not be lonely for a little while, but disaster's coming. Well, preacher, it always don't work out like that. And you may be right. It might not always work out like that. But I'm putting my percentages on most of the time it does. Is it going to make my relationship better? 
Is this boyfriend going to make my relationship better with God? These young women need to listen to me this morning. Don't you let no little jack young man smooth talk you. If he ain't close to God, you better just go ahead and strike him off the list. Preacher, you can't choose who I'm going to date. Me, me, me. I ain't trying to choose for you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to keep you out of a mess. I'm trying to keep you out of my office where I'm canceling you because your heart's been broken into a million pieces because Jack Leg Johnny done done some stuff he, he, he shouldn't have been doing. Young men, listen to me. If she ain't going to make your life better with God, you don't need her. I know too many, I know too many good men. You know many, listen to me. I know too many young men that are in a mess today because they married. <laughs> you don't want to know what I want to say. But they married the wrong one. I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, she was pretty. Just be careful. Preacher, you can't tell me who. I'm not trying to tell you who to date. I'm trying to tell you if they ain't going to make your relationship with God no better. If they're going to pull you away from God. Well, preacher, I'm trying to get him in church. I'm trying to get her in church. That's good. Be, be their friend and get them in church. Don't get serious with them. Don't get serious with them. Because none of these things will matter if you're disconnected from God. None of it will matter then. Let me close with this. Paul Bryant, college football coach, after a, a loss on a Saturday night, Coach Bryant, he went to the barber on Monday morning, get his hair cut. After a few moments of silence, the barber finally looked at him and discussed, said, Coach, I don't think I would have put the young quarterback in just because the starter wasn't doing that good. The turnovers that the young quarterback made, it cost us the game. Coach Bryant, he nodded. He said, well, you know, if I would have had to Monday to decide... I don't think I'd have put the young quarterback in either. As the saying goes, hindsight is twenty twenty. In hindsight, Lot would have made a different decision. Later, when his wife is turned to salt, Later, when Abram's going to have to save him and what he can of his family, because God said, I am destroying the land that they're living in. And you can either get them out or they can die too. Lot don't know all this now, but it's coming. He would have made a better decision. Hindsight is great, but foresight is better. Abram... Abram, he chose the person 
He chose generosity. He chose compassion. He chose love. Lot chose a place. Lot chose greed. Lot chose for himself without God. And it's going to cost him later. Don't be blinded by positive things. Just because it looks good now doesn't mean that's it. I just feel it in my spirit to continue to say this. Just because he or she looks good, let me say this. Be careful. If you're dating, if you're thinking about dating, if you're thinking... Be be careful. Be careful. Second, don't underestimate the impact of negative choices. The consequences are sometimes really bad. I'm going to say this, and I say this with love. You ask any of these men or women, and I'm not picking on you, so don't take it personal, please. But you ask any of these men or women that's been through a terrible divorce if they'd go back and make a better decision. I guarantee they'd say, absolutely. You ask any man, man that's wife has had multiple affairs or any, you ask them if they'd go back, if they'd make a better decision. I guarantee they'd say, you better sign me up for that. Ladies, same way. If the decisions you made cost your family to split or or, or if it cost kids to be, you'd make a better one. Don't underestimate the negative impact of a bad decision. Seek advice from God. Ask the question, is this going to make my relationship with God better or worse? Like Abram, the man of faith, he chose God. Will you choose God today? If you're here today and you're not sure of your salvation, you've got a decision to make. Understand me, today can change your entire life. You can make a decision and choose Jesus today and walk out of here a new creature. Brand new, sins forgiven, new spirit, new heart, everything brand new. You won't walk out those doors perfect. And if you've got an ingrown toenail, you'll probably have one when you walk out. But listen to me. Listen to me good. You can walk out of here saved and on your way to heaven today if you're lost. This decision is going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your friend. It's going to basically affect everybody you come in contact with from here on. This decision you can make today. If you've grown cold on God, let me say this. You can get back in the graces of God today. Get right back on fire for God. The decision you make today will affect everybody that you come in contact with. You know the difference between coming in contact with somebody that's on fire for God and somebody that's just, meh, meh. Let me tell you what bothers me. Meh, church members. Meh, meh. That's why the world looks at the church and laughs today because we've got church members going, meh, meh. 
The Bible says you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you believe that this morning? The Bible says you must be repent in order to be born again. Do you believe that this morning? The Bible says after you repent and confess Jesus, the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. You become a new creature, a new creation. Everything becomes new. Do you believe that this morning? You've got a decision you have to make. Regardless of what you may think, regardless of what it looks like, you've got a decision to make right here and now. I'm going to ask you to stand all across this building. Every head bowed, every eye closed, they're going to get us something to play for invitational. We're going to open up these altars this morning. And maybe you're here today and and you've truly never been born of the Spirit of God. I want to say today, here is an open invitation for you. Jesus died on a cross so that you could have salvation. Hell was created for the devil and his army. Heaven was created for you and me. And today you've got a choice you have to make. Will you choose heaven or will you choose hell? Preacher, a loving God wouldn't send nobody to hell. Nope, you send yourself when you refuse and reject Jesus. He's your lottery ticket. He's your way out. If you're lost today, would you come and accept Him? Two, if you're cold on God today, would you come and get fired back up? Allow God to massage your heart. Three, you got a decision you need to make this morning. There is no better place to make it than around an altar of God getting in touch with heaven before you jump off the deep end. You better be sure you can swim before you get in the deep water. Let's pray. Father.